I'd like to ask you a question. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Yeah. yeah. You're an exciting group. And I'm so excited with you that God is doing some incredible things over here in touching lives and transforming you guys so that you can become God's most powerful instrument in carrying out his mission. It's always a privilege for me to be here and to actually share in your services and bring you up to date with what God is doing. And I trust you'll be encouraged by what God is doing this morning because God is at work. Amen? Amen. He is accomplishing his purposes with or without us. It's our choice to join him in his mission. And I hope that all of us will all the time understand what he's doing and join him because only through Jesus we can accomplish the mission of God. Amen? Amen. Very quickly, let me say thank you to you for being part of my life, being part of the ministries of HBI, allowing your pastor, your uh, Craig, to come and become part of what God is doing in India. It's an amazing thing that you have done, and I really, really appreciate it. It's been a long journey of both of us walking together for so many years, and him catching a vision, and I think God got a hold of his life, amen? <laughs> and looks like he can't let him go. And so I'm so excited that he's part of what God is doing through the ministries of HBI, through what God is doing in India, and it's actually India and beyond. We're right now in Nepal. I'm already launching into Singapore and to the Philippines, into Indonesia. I teach in China, and I believe God's going to launch us into the beyond, and in the beyond, we're going to be touching and working with his church so that we're not independently doing the work of God, but interdependently. Just as you are partners with us, we want to mobilize the church globally so that we are partners together because that's what God is doing around the world. The church is um, an amazing instrument, and I hope that as you begin to listen this morning, God will begin to touch your life. Hindustan Bible Institute exists for only one purpose, to give every man, every woman, every boy, every girl an opportunity to hear to understand, to respond, and when we re and people respond, to disciple them into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And because of our partnership, guys, and your involvement with national indigenous missionaries and training them and teaching them to be engaged in the mission of God, you know what? God has allowed us to start a movement. It's called the Indian National Evangelical Church, and they have 842 church planters, and these 842 church planters are planting churches every day. And on an average, we see three churches planted a day. You put the math together with 300 day, 365 days, we're seeing over 1,000 churches planted every year. Hallelujah. We ought to give the Lord a hand. We couldn't do it without faithful partners like yourself. Today, over 650,000 people declare I'm follower of Jesus Christ because of this movement. And thank you so much for being a part. 
But there's so much more. And if I told you all of that, we would be sitting here listening to great stories. And I'll miss the word of God. And we don't want to miss that today. Amen? Amen. And so you'll forgive me for not telling you everything. But guys, I want you to hear this. Thank you for helping us and being part of it. And I trust one of these days, we're going to send you a pastor to India. Will you do that? Yeah. Are you sure? Are you going to send him with a one-way ticket or a two-way? <laughs> we'll settle for this guy because, you know, he's an awesome pastor. And he's got a lot of ideas that I don't have. And he's making things happen because God is working in his life. God is ministering to him. And through what God is doing in his generation, it's an amazing thing. And we're trusting God that we are going to start a church just like this, in a, in a sense, where we're reaching out to the next generation. And there are going to be a group of IT professionals that have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ that we want to target. And we want to reach out to them, serve them, serve their families, and hopefully touch their lives and bring them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you ever want to get rid of your pastor and his wife, send them over to me. <laughs> I know you don't want to. I know that. But if you ever do, um, just remember me, okay? And you can give him a one-way ticket and send him to India, and we'll have him. And it'll be wonderful to have Pete to minister to us. But next year, I'm asking Pete to please come, visit us, and be part. And I hope that you guys will really send him to India so that he can personally vision and vision. And I hope a team will come, you know. I'd really like uh, Kelly, you know, to come and uh, maybe shake a few people over there. <laughs> and that would be cool. And that would be awesome for us to have you guys. But this morning, I want to talk to you. I want to keep up with that team that you've been working with. You've got what it takes. Do you believe that? Yes. You've got what it takes. Can you say, I've got what it takes? Amen. You've got what it takes. And it's important for us to understand and put our arms around what it really means to say, I got it, man. I've got what it takes. Because we've been singing all about it this morning. And we've been worshiping God and saying, God, you set me free. God, you delivered us. God, you take us from being slaves. You have redeemed us. And you've done an incredible job. But sometimes we don't understand everything that actually is happening because sometimes we miss the truth. And the truth is what sets us free. Amen? Amen. And this morning I want to take you some places where I hope you will put your arms around it if you've never, because I know Pete teaches you all this stuff. But you know, sometimes we're thinking about something else when he's talking about it. And so when that happens, you missed it. So God just brings a crazy guy like me back over here to remind you of the truth and to get you caught, you, catch you maybe this time while I'm speaking, okay? So I'm not teaching something that's new, but I want you to hear it again because the team is very, very important. You have it, my man. You have what it takes to actually touch this world, to actually make a difference, to actually be a son of the king, to live in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But you got to understand what happened and how God set you free. Amen? Amen. So this morning, we're going to do that. And I'm going to show you three verses of scripture. And I hope that as we look at those three verses, 
you'll begin to say, yes, I have it. Amen? All right. First of all, I want us to look at a scripture in the book of Colossians. Now, Colossians was written by a guy by the name of Paul. Now, most of you, I'm sure, remember that name because Paul has written almost half of the New Testament, and he's written many, many books because he really, truly was ministering to groups of people that God sent him to plant churches among. He went to Colossae. He went to, I'm sorry, he didn't go to Colossae, but he went to, uh, to Thessalonica. He went to Corinth. He went to Ephesus. He went to so many places, and every time he went somewhere, he wrote a book. But you know what? Here was a guy, here was a church he didn't go to, and he wished he had gone to, I'm sure, but you know what? Very typical of who God is, when he touches our lives, he expects us to do something. And this church at Colossae was actually planted by one of Paul's disciples. He came and he listened to the word of God, and when he heard the word of God, God touched his life, and he was discipled by the apostle Paul, and he went to Colossae, and when he wrote, went to Colossae, he told them all about Jesus and all that Jesus Christ had done for him, and he gave them the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the most powerful thing that he could have, and these people, believe it or not, embraced it. And when they embraced it, they became followers of Jesus Christ. And it's a very, very important thing. So Paul, now, he says, I want to write to this church. I heard, about your, I heard about your salvation experience. I heard that you accepted the message. I heard that all of these things happened. And I wanted to write to you. And I want you to know, our team has been praying for you ever since we heard that you embraced Jesus Christ. But I want you to understand something. And in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 and 14, a powerful statement is made over there. And what the Apostle Paul says is amazing. He says, I want you to know when you received Jesus Christ, when you embraced Jesus Christ, when you decided that you would make Jesus Christ the King of kings and the Lord of lords of your lives, you know what he did? He delivered you from the domain of darkness, and he transferred you in the kingdom of God's Son, Jesus Christ, who he loves so much. Amazing. And in his kingdom, he says, you have redemption and the forgiveness of sin. Now, I want you to put your arms around that because sometimes we say, I received Jesus Christ into my heart. Sometimes we say, you know, I filled out a card, I came forward, and I did all of these things that pastors and churches expect us to do. But nothing happened in my life. I'm still living in a state of bondage. But that was not God's desire. But what God wants us to know is truly you are in bondage, but I want you to know I've done everything that is necessary to set you free. Amen? And God wants to set you free. If you've not been set free, he wants to set you free. But you need to understand what it's saying, that what God did was he delivered you, he released you, he rescued you, he took you away from the bondage of the dominion of darkness. Now I want to tell you something. When God created the heavens and the earth, he created it from nothing. 
Now, there's nobody else who's ever done that. There are lots of people who have created lots of some things, but they've created it from something. Only God created the heavens and the earth, the universe, from nothing. And he said, let there be light, and there was light. You know, and God put the universe in place. He's an amazing God. And when he created this universe, he placed man inside of it. And he said to Adam and Eve, this is all yours. You can reign over it. You can rule over it. It's in your dominion. It's for you. And you can fill this earth. And he gave it to us. But you know what happened? Satan came along. There was only one kingdom at that time. And Satan came along, and he deceived Adam and Eve. And a new kingdom was birthed. You know why? They moved their authority from under God into the authority of Satan. And a new domain was opened. And that domain was the domain of darkness. And it was a sad day for God. But Satan brought the whole world into that domain of darkness. And sometimes we don't realize this is where we live. God wants us to get out of there. He redeemed us. He sent his son. He paid the price for us. He rose again to prove that we can have life abundantly. That's why Paul says, I want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. And God has brought us out of that. And he wants us to know, and that's why Paul is saying, God delivered us, and he, from this domain, and you're no longer having to live under the power of evil. The day you turn to Jesus Christ, the day you say to the Lord, Lord, I want to follow you, and I want to be part of your kingdom, you move, and he brings you out, because Christ paid the price for us to come out of that, and he redeemed us, and he forgave us for our sins, and he transferred us. That word transferred is a very interesting word because he actually is the word transplanted us. So you know what he did? He actually, in one sense, I think, he just grabbed it by its roots and said, you no longer are going to live in the dominion of Satan, and I'm going to take you to a more beautiful place. And he brought us into another kingdom, and that is the kingdom of his son that he loves so much. Hallelujah. And that's why... You have the capacity today. You got what it takes because he delivered you out of that darkness. And if you can put your arms around that reality, you can stop living in the world of darkness and start living in the world of light. What a salvation we have in Christ Jesus. Very, very so important. You know, my dad was a Hindu. He used to worship all these idols, and he was growing up in a Hindu home, and while he was growing up in this home, you know what happened? One day, his dad caught him stealing, and when he caught him stealing, he said, son, you can't do such evil things if you continue to do evil. There is no hope for you, and he said, there's got to be a way you stop doing these wicked things and evil things, and he said, I want you to do one thing, my son. He said, I want you to stop being evil. And he said, if you don't, there's no hope for you. 
And for the first time, my dad was thinking about life after death. And he wanted to find out what's going to happen to me. So he goes to his dad and says, Dad, how can I be a better person? He says, I don't know. <laughs> a father that tells his son, you better change, and then doesn't have an answer to that, is a real poor dad, isn't he? Okay. So he says, go to your grandmother and ask your grandmother. So he goes to his grandmother and says, what do I do? And his grandmother says, I don't know. But he says, you know what? Why don't you read the Bhagavad Gita? And so he starts reading the Bhagavad Gita. And he discovers in the Bhagavad Gita that God came to save righteous people, but to destroy and annihilate the unrighteous. Oh, what a message to read. There was no hope for him. But it said you should climb the mountains. You should break the coconut. You should chant the mantras. You should do all of these things. You should bow before the idols. You should please God. You should give everything you have to God. Oh, my gosh. My dad did everything. And he would say to us as kids, I climbed the mountains. I broke the coconut. I chanted the mantras. But the sad part of it was, when it was all over, he said, there was nothing that changed in my life. I was still as dark. My mind was as dirty as it was. My heart was desperately evil. I couldn't even do one thing that was good. Till he heard a man preach in front of his house. And this missionary said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. For the first time he heard there was a God who came to save sinners, you know. For a Hindu, you have 33 million gods or more. Everything is a god. So for them, one more god. But he heard this, the only god that came to save sinners. And he said, I want to find out about this god. And you know, he read the Bible. And by reading the word of God, God brought deliverance into his life. And my dad would say, the day he began to follow Jesus Christ and receive Jesus Christ. He became a new creation. All things were passed away, and everything became new. Hallelujah! Isn't that an amazing truth? This is what God has done for us, and it's important for us to realize we're no longer under that power and that dominion of the evil one. God released us from that, the day we choose to become part of the kingdom of God. And I hope that some of you who have not put your faith in God, today will say, God, I want to be part of your kingdom. Amen? Amen? And I hope that every one of us will walk away because this is not about eternity. This is about a relationship with Jesus Christ, the creator God who says, I love you so much, I want to talk with you. I want to walk with you. I want to live my life with you and your life with me so the two of us can do what it takes to make it happen. Amen? That's why you have to remember, you have what it takes to make it happen because God delivered us from the domain of darkness. That not only did he deliver us from the domain of darkness and redeemed us, there's a second thing I want you to think about. He says, when you turn to God, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse, verse 16 and 17, he says, when you turn to the Lord, the veil is removed. You know, our blindness is there. 
Our darkness is there. We do not know, and we are covered up, and we cannot walk through life. But when, it, when we turn to Jesus Christ, he takes off that veil, and we, like unveiled individuals, begin to reveal the glory of God. Isn't that an amazing thing? When God touches our lives, he so transforms us that all of a sudden he shares the righteousness of God in us that the glory of God is beginning to reveal through us. Wow, you got what it takes to make a difference even without doing anything if you let him unveil you. If you let him transform you. Because what God wants to do, it says that when you have uh, unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the God, being transformed into the same image of the one degree to another degree, and we become like Jesus Christ, his son. Isn't that an amazing thing? Now, this is something we have to embrace. You have it, and you need to know it, that you're now under the kingdom of God, and Jesus preached the kingdom of God, and he said, seek ye words, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and I'll add everything to you. And because you're now in the kingdom of the Son, if you will turn to him, he'll transform you up. But you have to not only embrace Jesus Christ. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what happens is, when we turn to God, God begins to reveal himself. And the word of God begins to transform our lives. And the Holy Spirit of God that is within us, is warring with our own spirits. And this spirit is beginning to change us and make us like his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is an amazing empowerment from God. That's why we say we have it. We have what it takes to make it happen. And all we got to do is to embrace it and say, God, I turn to you, now I want you to change me, and I want your life to so reveal through me so that your glory will shine through me. And that's what God has done. He so transforms our lives that we move from glory to glory to ever-increasing glory of God. Isn't that amazing God we have? He actually lets his glory reveal through our lives so we can touch other people's lives. And that's what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to warm a bench. He doesn't want us to come in here and say, I've attended church this week. One thing checked off for the day. You know what God wants to do with you? He wants to put his hands upon you so that you will become his instrument. Amen? Amen. Do you believe that? Yes. You do? Do you believe it? Okay, let's do an exercise because some of you don't know me and haven't heard me before. And uh, I often have done this in this church. But I believe the church is God's instrument. Amen? Amen. And, you know, what God, wants, what God wants to get done, he's going to do through the church. And you are the church. And, you know, I'm going to ask you a question. Who is the church? And you're going to go like this to the building, right? No. What are you going to do? You're going to go like this. I am the church, okay? We're going to say that I am the church. Then I'm going to ask you a second question. And the second question is, whose responsibility is the Great Commission? And you're going to go like this to Pastor Pete, okay? <laughs> no, you're going to say it's my responsibility, okay? 
Now let's see if we can bring the roof down, all right? Let's see how good you are, and let's see how good, how loud you can get. You sang pretty loud, you know? So let's see if we can get louder than the first service. Let's try it. Who's the church? Oh, you can do better. Let's try it one more time. Who's the church? I'm the church. Very good. Whose responsibility is the Great Commission? My responsibility. Did you hear yourself? I just walked you into a trap. Did you know that? <laughs> I wanted you to confess that it is your responsibility. You know why? Because God wants all of his church, all of his family to be engaged in this process. And that's what I want you to do. understand. He delivered us from the domain of darkness. He transformed us to reveal his glory because we can become part of his mission so that when the power of the Holy Spirit of God, in Acts 1.8, it says, when the power of the Holy Spirit of God comes upon us, we will be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Very, very important for us to understand because this is how we understand that we can become part of what God is doing. And what we need to understand we have what it takes to accomplish the mission of God. So not only are we redeemed and we have redemption in Christ Jesus, not only are we transformed and we reveal the glory of God, but we are called to the mission of God. And he gives us what it takes. He told the disciples, don't you dare leave Jerusalem. When the Holy Spirit has come, then you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the outermost parts. And the day you turn to Jesus today, you are infused with the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? And you are empowered to do the work of God. But it's just not on the other side of the world. It starts here. It starts in our Jerusalem. But it's simultaneously, because if you look at that text, it says it, you know, he puts it a very interesting, Jesus. When the power has come upon you, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And he uses a conjunction. And he says, and in Judea. And he doesn't just stop. And, and in Samaria. And in into the uttermost parts of the world. So some have begun to say that it actually, and the King James Version actually translates, that you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. So what God is doing today is very interesting. 300 years ago, God used the North American church to really bring the gospel to places like my country so my dad would hear the gospel. But you know what's happened in 300 years? The whole earth is filled with a church in every nation of the world. And the knowledge of the glory of God is actually available in every country in the world. God is taking it to its next level now. And you know what he's doing? He's taking every man, every woman, every boy, every girl in every part of the world to become part of his mission. And all of us together are beginning to do what God wants us to do. 
And so he wants it to happen in Jerusalem, and he wants it to happen in Judea, and he wants it to happen in, 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 in Samaria, and he wants it to happen so that the knowledge of the glory of God is within accessible to every man, woman, boy, and girl. And you know what God is doing today? He's taking us back to what happened in the first century. Immediately after Pentecost, when the power of the Spirit of God came, you know what the church did? They gathered in homes. They gathered daily. They fellowshiped with one another. They broke bread. They studied the apostolic doctrine. And they prayed for one another. And God did miracles. And through signs and wonders, people turned to Jesus Christ. Do you believe you got it? Yes. All he wants us to do is to begin to realize that he wants us to join him. And God is looking for you to become part of what he's doing because he's empowered us. He's delivered us. He's transformed us. And now he is wanting us to join us because he has empowered us to do his mission. The question is, am I willing to be part of what he's doing? And this morning, I want to invite you to a decision. And I want to tell you a story, and then I'm going to close with this story. And the story is really about a guy, a missionary who came to my country. He came there, and he spent about three years in a state called Assam. And while he was in Assam, he started to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he preached, and he preached. You'd get tired after preaching for three years, and nobody responded, right? Well, at the end of three years, one family did. And he said, okay, there's at least one family I can leave. And so he came back home. But while this one family was left behind, the chief of that village said, you know what? You compromised us. We don't really like what you did. We're going to give you a chance to recant, and we want you to deny Jesus Christ. And he looked at the chief and he said, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. See, what happens in our lives is we make a choice. And when we make that choice, we decide to follow him. And when we decide to follow him, we move in the direction. And God delivers us. He transforms us. And then he allows us to become part of his mission. The chief said to the guy, guy, your children are here. We're going to give you one chance. If you don't recant and become like us, we're going to kill your children. He says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Boom, they kill the kids. And in that moment, they turn around and says, your wife is still here. I'll give you one more chance. And he says, though none go with me, yet will I follow. No turning back. No turning back. And they kill his wife. And they said, you're left. He says, the world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back, and they kill him. 
we would think that that was the end of, but that's not what happened. The chief couldn't believe this happened. He was the cause for it, but he couldn't believe. Why will this man? And he began to understand, and God began to work in his heart, and the whole village became followers of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Should we give the Lord a big hand? Church, it happens when we make a decision to follow Jesus. And make that decision with a determination doesn't matter what happens. The world is behind me. I'm not going to be part of this world. I'm going to be part of Jesus. I'm leaving the domain of darkness, and I'm moving into the domain of light. The cross before me, it doesn't matter. Am I willing to give up my family? so that I can live for Jesus Christ. This man said, yes, and God honored him, my friends. I don't know if I would do that. But he did. And I believe what God wants to do because we have what it takes today to become God's most powerful instrument in a world of darkness. But the question is, am I ready to follow Jesus? This evening, you have an opportunity. There are 18 people that are going to be baptized, and Pastor Pete told me, you know what he told me? Bobby, we expect people from the crowd to come forward and say, I want to be baptized because you know what? I want to become a follower of Jesus. Maybe you've never made that decision in your heart, and maybe you've always wanted to make that decision, but you were uncertain. You didn't understand it, but today you understand. When I turn to Jesus, he takes me out of darkness. I'm no longer going to be under the dominion. I'm going to move to the kingdom of light and going to be under the authority of Jesus Christ. He's going to empower me, transform me, and he's going to enable me to be his instrument. I want to follow Jesus. And so today you say, Pastor Pete, I, with the rest of them, would like to be baptized. I hope you'll come back this evening. And I hope that you would say, Lord, no none, though none go with me, yet will I follow, because I want to be in the kingdom of the light. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give it up for Bobby Gupta.